my friends of Christ, I must confess to you this morning that I am still on something of a holy land high in the wake of our recent parish pilgrimage. This was not my first visit to the Holy Land, but it was hands down my best. We were a large, very large group of pilgrims, 113 to be exact. In one way or another, each of us found our faith coming alive in new ways, powerful ways, during those blessed days we were together in those holy places. We Catholics like to see and touch, don't we? It's in our DNA. Isn't that what happens in each of the sacraments of the church? Prayerful words are good and important, but they're not enough. We also need flowing water, bread and wine, blessed oil, the laying on of hands. And we need statues, stained glass windows, the visual arts, beautiful music, not to mention candles, ashes, palms, processions. Well, a Holy Land pilgrimage fits in with all of those and is yet one more example of our need to see and to touch. We did a lot of seeing and touching on our pilgrimage. Picture with me, if you will, the first day of our pilgrimage when we saw for the first time the blue waters of the Sea of Galilee shimmering in the morning sun. It's a sight never to be forgotten. You can't possibly take in that view without thinking to yourself, Jesus saw this. Jesus saw this and delighted in this. He did, of course. And unlike other holy places we visited, very little in that particular scene has changed over two millennia. It's still the vibrant sea surrounded by mountains and whitewashed villages and towns. This was definitely a place where we touched Jesus. And that was true as well as uh, of our little trip on, the, on, on a boat on the Sea of Galilee the Sea of Galilee, where Jesus once walked across the waters and invited the impetuous Peter, whose faith wasn't so strong, to do the same. The lake where Jesus, his terrified friends, fearing for their lives, awakened him from his comfortable, detached sleep, and where, with just a word, he calmed the stormy waters. The lake where twice Jesus told his disciples to put out their nets for a catch. In both cases, getting a catch so great they needed help to haul it ashore. We were surely touching Jesus as we made our way through those waters of the Sea of Galilee. Lucky for us that day, they were calm. They were like glass. And then there was our visit to Nazareth where we recall the angel Gabriel's visit to Mary and her generous yes to God, that holiest of moments when the word of God took on our own human flesh and blood. It was a story for us up till then, a treasured story, but now, in a way, it seemed like a real event. 
we certainly touched Jesus there, as we did when we later celebrated Mass near the place where Jesus spent his youth and young adulthood learning the carpenter's trade from Joseph. Capernaum was another place where Jesus seemed very close. Capernaum by the sea, the place Jesus chose as the center, the headquarters, if you will, of his ministry. There were the ruins of the synagogue there where Jesus talked and healed. And there was mass in a church built right over the house where Peter lived and where Jesus cured Peter's mother-in-law of her fever. Also the house where, if you remember, the persistent friends ripped off the roof tiles so that they could lower their paralyzed friend right down to Jesus so that he could give him his healing touch, which he did on the spot. And then, then there was the lovely hillside called the Mount of Beatitudes, the place that brings to mind Matthew's gospel that we have been reading from these past few Sundays, including today. It's a serene, beautiful, grassy knoll that spills right down to the lake shore. It was easy to see Jesus setting forth his new law in that place, just as it was easy when we later ascended Mount Tabor and found ourselves echoing the words of, of Peter, dazzled by the sight of the transfigured Jesus. Lord, it is good for us to be here. It really was good for us to be there. It was so we came so close to touching the transfigured Lord on that mystical mountaintop, again, touching Jesus, in this case, the transfigured Jesus. And of course, we were touching the risen Jesus at the Mass we celebrated at Magdala on the shore of the, of the Sea of Galilee. Magdala, home of Mary Magdalene, who proved herself to be more of an apostle than the Twelve. Mary, the very first to encounter the risen Lord, the very first one he sent to announce to the Twelve and the others the news of his resurrection. Now, the order of our pilgrimage was not chronological. That's owing to the, to the geography of the Holy Land and the fact that it worked best for us to start up north in Galilee. Jesus started out in the south, in Bethlehem. But we didn't get to Bethlehem until the fourth day of the pilgrimage. It was worth waiting for. We celebrated Mass in one of the side chapels of the ancient Basilica of the Nativity, and then each of us descended the narrow stairway that leads to the place illuminated by low-hanging oil lamps, where tradition says Jesus was born. We felt we were touching Jesus when we bent over, each of us, to touch the place that the faith and the kisses of hundreds of millions of pilgrims over centuries have made even more sacred than it already was. Bethlehem is very close to Jerusalem, although to get there, you have to come face to face with the hated and ugly controversial wall that to the Israeli government speaks of security, but to the Palestinian people speaks of racial segregation and apartheid. Ironically, the very name Jerusalem means city of peace. 
would that it could live up to its name. Jerusalem. Psalm 122 reminds us that you go to Jerusalem only by going up. We sang together, let us go up with joy to the house of the Lord. We repeatedly sang that on our way. Jerusalem is a sight never to be forgotten. A great outcropping of stone structures, steeples, domes, minarets, places holy to Jews, Christians, and Muslims. A proud city and an ancient one with a past both both glorious and brutal, and a present that is never far from eruptions of violence, as we were very, very aware of. We came so very close to that very sort of thing one night. Well, as we witnessed firsthand during our stay there, the violence of Jerusalem, then we came to the place a day later where Jesus wept over the city, visited the church that commemorates that moment. It was easy to feel his presence in that moment, in that place, as we looked on the city he loved, the city he knew only too well, the city that persecuted the prophets, the hilltop where he ultimately met his cruel death on the cross. Some of the highlights of Jerusalem. Well, there were the places where it was especially easy to touch Jesus. I think, first of all, the Garden of Gethsemane at the foot of the Mount of Olives. We prayed and we waited in that place, that place of shadow and betrayal. There was the cenacle or the upper room on top of Mount Zion where tradition places the Last Supper and the events of Pentecost. And crowning them all, of course, is the great church of the Holy Sepulchre, built by the Emperor Constantine right over the rock of Calvary. And nearby, under the roof of the same ancient basilica, is the tomb where Jesus was hastily buried and from which, which he was gloriously raised on Easter morning. You know, it's almost too much to take in. You have to process it over time, maybe over a lifetime. But when you stop and kneel and pray and ponder in those holiest places, you know, without a doubt, that you have touched the very heart of your faith. And you have. Friends, I took some license this morning by departing from the readings of the day. I make no apology. The great Saint Jerome, who spent years of his life in Bethlehem, near the place of Christ's birth, translating the Bible from its original languages into Latin, Saint Jerome called the Holy Land the fifth gospel. And so it is. During our days in the Holy Land, 113 of your fellow parishioners were privileged to read some of that fifth gospel. And you were with us as we read. You were. At every Mass we offered in those holy places, we prayed for you and for your loved ones and for our beloved community here at St. James Cathedral. And the day we stopped along the road and along the shores of the River Jordan, the traditional site of the baptism of Jesus, to renew the promises of our baptism, I became keenly aware, and I'm sure others did as well, 
that it's really all about baptism, all about our being part of the body of Christ, all about touching Christ, his word, his sacraments, touching him and one another. And you don't need to travel across the world to experience that reality. You don't. We experience it every time we gather here to celebrate the Eucharist, including this time. 